And so let's get into the message today. Open your Bibles with me this morning. Um, man, I'm excited to preach to you today. Uh, so many so many things happening. Man, just youth ministry starting. We'll talk about that at the end of the, the service today. Um, man, already two people have given their life to Jesus today. Come on, somebody. Let's put our hands together. Pretty awesome. All right, let's try that again. Everybody put your hands together. Pretty awesome. If y'all don't watch it, you're going to mess around and not be the best service. Okay. Um, open your Bibles with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. Um, that's where we've been at. That's where we've been at. That's what we've been, been looking at. That's been part of your homework. Um, if you weren't here last week, um, go on Spotify or iTunes and listen to week one of this um, journey um, into greater faith. And so that's what we're looking at. But Hebrews chapter 11, um, we're going we're, we're gonna to look at some people inside of Hebrews chapter 11. And it's going to change the way um, that we see our lives. So here we are. Kind of let me, let me catch you up to where we're at, um, just in our world, in our lives. Um, how many of you in here would say that um, you, you need your faith to grow a little bit? You could grow in your faith. How many people would say that? That's good. Um, maybe God's done something incredible in your life. Um, maybe you've gotten some healing. Maybe you've went through an encounter. You've gotten some breakthrough. Um, but how many of you know this, that God is not done um, doing what He's doing in us, that it's a continual journey, right? It's, it's, it's so, we get so focused on the destination um, that we forget that there's this cool journey that God's walking with us and, and He gets to teach us things and we get to grow and learn along the way, right? That we're never done. We don't get saved, become perfect, then sit in a pew for the rest of our life. That's religion. That is not the calling of God um, for your life. And so... Um, there's always new levels, so maybe you need to grow in your faith today. The same is true for us, kind of um, just as a church, and that's why we're taking the time this summer to really talk uh, about faith, um, because, um, and I thought, um, and I thought, just kind of looking at the summer, I thought, um, this is, you know, just kind of as a church, I thought we'd kind of have about 200 people this summer, and that'd be great, and we'd kind of grow on through the fall, but just as I've, I've, I've watched this summer, man, some amazing things have happened this summer. Um, um, but like I've looked at our like last six, eight week average and it's like 260, 270 people for the last seven weeks. And it's like, man, that's crazy. What that tells me is, is that we've just grown all summer. Um, and just to see what, like that's, that's our down grow number. And so like once we get back to August, the second week in August, when we start, you know, our fall, you know, push, like we'll be, <laughs> it'll just be a mess in here. We'll be like, we went from one to two, two to three. And it's like, it's a mess. But anyway, um, it's a good, good problem to have, but, but I've talked to a lot of people and uh, let's see in our church and, and, and they say, Pastor, man, I feel like we're, we're kind of going to that next season or going to that next, you know, I don't want to say levels, levels are weird, kind of in that next layer, let's call it a layer, that next layer of what God has for us just as a church, you know, we're starting a youth group and getting more organized and just being a little healthier and, and it's good. And, um, and, and so um, I was thinking about that and praying about that and as but also as it comes to like your life, uh, because if we're not careful, we can get caught in this like routine of Sunday mornings and this routine of like church and this routine of like reading our Bible or not. And like we can like just plateau. Hello. Yes. And so I was thinking about our church and where it's going. I was thinking about us individually, like me individually, because I need to my faith needs to grow. And um and I remember this, this, this chapter in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, and, um, 
and I realized um, it took me on some other places, and that's what we're talking about. Um, but but Hebrews chapter eleven. Then I remembered Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians says this: for if you're here today and you're like, man, I just feel like I'm going to, the, I want to go to the ne- next layer of what God has for me as a church, as a people. Um, here's what it takes to do it. It says we do not boast beyond the limit of the labors of others, but our hope is that your faith increases. Okay, look at this. So as your individual faith increases, this is Paul talking to the the Corinthian church. And he's saying, hey, listen, we're not where we're going to be forever. Like there are other people. And so he says, but our hope is that your faith increases. Our area of influence among you will be greatly enlarged. I'm telling you this. If you want to go to where God has called you to go, if you want to be the person God's called you to be, it's always a matter of growing inside of your faith. Growing in what you can believe Him for. Growing in believing what you can believe Him to do in and through your life. Growing in for the things that He can bring in the faith of what He can bring inside your life. Come on, it's always a question of faith. Are you with me this morning? He says, so that we may be able to preach the gospel in lands beyond you. This is interesting because, you know, we're kind of at that pivotal moment too as a church where we have the ability to start making this about us. <laughs> it's like, I like this seat. And I like this song. And I like this program. And... I like this service, and I like this, and and we can start to make it about us rather than, come on, somebody. So how do we preach the gospel to people beyond you? All like, I don't know. Most of you, I know most of you. You're like, I'm, I know you're saved, and it's like you're going to heaven. Great, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. It's going to be awesome. We're going to spend eternity together. But until we get to eternity, like we've got people who are dying and going to hell who we need to reach. We've got people who are lost and broken and hurting and all the things that we need to help heal. Come on, somebody. Like that's. That's the people beyond us. That's what makes us different as individuals, but also just as a family here, right? Like, I'm just not willing to put on the no vacancy sign this fall. Come on, are you with me? We could, but how much fun would that be? So what are we doing? We're on a journey to grow our faith. In order to get to where God has called us to be, we have to grow in our individual faith so that the boundaries of our work will be stretched out and so that we'll be able to preach the gospel beyond you. Amen, everybody. Are y'all with me? So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at, we looked at last week, we're going to look at what it looks like to live a life by faith and not a life just with faith. Because there is so much of a difference. Are y'all okay? Y'all are kind of quiet. Look at me in the face. It's all good. To be people who don't simply have faith as a belief system, but people who live by faith as an active lifestyle. Faith isn't just a belief system. We talked about this last week, right? If faith, if your faith only exists in your life as a belief system, the only not logical next step for you is religious, is religion. Because it's faith without works, right? That's what James said. He's like, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that you're going to heaven. I'm so happy that you believe. But what are you doing about it, right? Well, what are you doing? Faith isn't just a belief system. It's a lifestyle. Well, what we've had in the church for the last, I don't know how long, which isn't working very well, mind you, is we've had faith as a belief system and not a lifestyle. We've got a lot of people who are going to heaven, but we've got a lot of people who aren't really trying to get other people to go to heaven with them. Amen, everybody. And so what we're looking at is how do we live by faith 
Rather than just with faith as a belief system. When you have faith as a belief system, you become religious. And what happens when you become religious? You, alter, you automatically become judgmental. You become angry because you're not growing. You become disgruntled. You become all the things that we don't like about church people. And everybody, like, like just, y'all ain't never had a run in with church people? Come on, man. They're the meanest. They're the meanest. Why? Because faith is their belief system, not their lifestyle. If faith is your lifestyle, guys, remember we talked about last week, then it changes the way you see things, changes the way you see your problems, changes the way you see people. Y'all remember this from last week? So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at what it looks like to actually live by faith. I think that's a better pursuit anyway. Would you guys agree? Like to live by faith and just have faith as a belief system. What we're going to discover is that as we live by faith, as you live by faith, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, if you live by faith, it's going to change everything about your life. It's going to change everything about your life. It's going to change everything about what you can accomplish and what God can do through your life. If you live by faith. It's going to change what we can accomplish together just as a body when you live by faith. It changes everything about what God can do in you when you live by faith. Amen, everybody? It's going to change the way we live. That's what we're going to talk about today. Last week we talked about faith changes the way I see. So today we're going to look at how faith changes the way I live. In this journey, we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, in case you didn't know, is known as the Hall of Faith. Anybody ever heard that before? The Hall of Faith. Inside of the Hall of Faith are some pretty incredible people, right? Major League Baseball, they have a Hall of Fame, right? People get inducted into the Hall of Fame. They get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we have a Cowboy Hall of Fame. We have an Actor Hall of Fame. We have an Everything Hall of Fame. We actually, as Christians, we have a Hall of Fame too. It's called Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Hall of Faith. It mentions a lot of people who in their life did amazing, incredible things, not by their own power, not by their own knowledge, not by their own experience, but by faith. They accomplished these things. And it's really awesome because Hebrews chapter 11, go read it this week. It's an incredible window inside of some amazing lives of some people who, who live lives worthy. Think about this. Who live lives worthy of being placed in Scripture for eternity. That's how important these people were. Pretty awesome. Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith. We get to look into the lives of people like Abraham inside of the Hebrews chapter 11. Y'all remember Abraham? Father Abraham. Y'all remember that song? So y'all were raised in church a little bit. Okay. We get to learn about Abraham. We get to learn about Noah. How many of y'all ever heard the story of Noah? Y'all remember Noah? Noah built a boat, big boat, right? We get to, we get to, we get to hear about the incredible... Like, think about that. What really happened? Like, that's amazing. And he did it what? By faith. We get to learn about Moses. Y'all remember Moses? Charlton Aston, right? Moses. Let my people go. Part in the Red Sea. We get to learn about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. They not only lived incredible lives the first time around, their lives were so incredible by faith that they get re-mentioned in the book of Hebrews all these years later. God gave us this, this window to not just look at them, 
as trophies in a trophy case, because that's what we do sometimes, right? We look at these people in the Bible, like David and Daniel and all these people, and we think, oh, that's powerful. God didn't give us the people in the Bible to look at them like trophies in a trophy case. He gave them to us to show us that what He did in and through their lives, He wants to do the same thing in and through our lives. They're not just trophies. They're actual like like step-by-step examples for how we can live a life by faith. How we can live a life of impact. Like, 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 this is incredible. You have the ability to live, listen to me, y'all got to get this this morning. Did you know that you have, the, you have the ability to live the same life of faith that Abraham did, that Noah did, and that Moses did? Did you know that you have the same ability to do that? You have the ability. This is what frustrates me about you the most. There are things, but this is the top that frustrates me about you the most. Is that... I know that you have the ability to do unbelievable things in the kingdom of God. You just, have, you just don't believe that. Like, I believe that the same God that called Abraham, Noah, and Moses, and all of the people listed in the Hall of Faith is the literal same God that called you to be in this moment in eternity, in this family, in this marriage, in this church, in this place, in this town, because He wanted to do something incredible in and through your life. I actually, that's what frustrates me about you so much, because I actually believe that about you. Like, I believe, this is no lie. You can ask my wife. She won't lie. I literally believe that what I've achieved in the kingdom of God, like starting a church, not easy during a pandemic where everybody's going to church like this. You know what I'm saying? And like, here we are, 300 people, 300, 400 people. It's awesome, right? We've got 181 people get saved. We've done all these encounters. We've got small groups, blah, 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 right? Like, I actually believe, man of God, I believe that the same thing that I did, you can do. Because it's the same God. I believe that the same things that God did through Noah, He can do through me. And through you. I don't believe I'm any different. I believe we're all the same. Are you all with me? Come on, this is good stuff. I'm trying to get you to live by faith. Because that's what's going to change the trajectory of your life. That's what's going to change the trajectory of your calling. That's what's going to get you out of the pit of depression and anxiety and worry and all that's crap and get you to live the life that God's called you to live, the overcoming, empowered life to make a lasting impact on the world around you. Amen. People like Abraham, Moses, and Noah that we're going to talk about today, like they give me the steps. There in their life lies the keys. That's why God put them there, to show me how to live by faith. That gets, that gets my blood pumping. makes me stutter. When I think about that, for real. Like, for real. Now listen. The Hall of Faith. Pretty cool. Could you imagine the Hall of Faith? Like, the Hall of Faith. Like, I got a lot of things I want out of this life. I'll just be real with you. Like, I got goals. I want things out of this life. Come on, let's not pretend like we don't, right? Like, I want to run 250 miles. Y'all would say that's not a goal, but it's a goal for me. Like, that's my goal. I want that. I want, I want to be known as that guy who ran 250 miles, right? Like, I want to, be, I want to do that. I'm, do, I'm going to do that. Like, I want, I, I want a pool. <laughs> I just want a pool at my house. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of going to everybody else's freaking pool. I want my own pool. I want them janky ones. I want the one in I want the one in the ground. I want a pool. I want my kids to have a pool. That way I ain't got to pay all this money to go to everybody else's pool. I want a pool. 
I want my kids to grow up and like not marry crazy people. I do. I don't want my kids to be on drugs. I don't want them to marry crazy people. I don't want them to like have problems. I want them to be okay. I want them to be okay. I want my kids to be okay. I want to die with my wife, like together at the same time. <sighs> Let me just go. You know, like none of us has to live without the other one. Like that's what I want out of life. I want, you know, things. I want some things. Y'all want some things? I want all that. But what I really want, when I sit and think about it and I pray about it, what I really want, I was thinking about this this week, talking about faith, trying to inspire us together to to grow in our faith. What I really want is I, I, I just want to be mentioned in the hall of faith of the people that are coming after me. Like all the crap and all the 250 miles and all the pool and all the things and all the... Uh, like that's all great and we should have those things because those things make us happy, right? If they're reasonable and we I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's good. It's not a bad thing to have things. But what I really want is when my kids are driving around with their kids and they drive past one of the churches I've been a part of, I want them to say, man, your grandpa was crazy and he was mean sometimes. But there was no, like I don't know anybody else who had lived for God, who was crazy enough to live by faith like your grandpa did. I want when people's, when your kids talk to their kids about what God started here, I want them to be like, man, it was uncomfortable and it was this and it was that, but man, people were getting saved by the droves. Come on, somebody. Like, I want a lot of things out of life. No joke. I just literally want to be mentioned in the hall of faith. Like, I want when kids get older, like, I, I want them to say, like, man, man, when, 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 when the kids that you've taught, Momo, when they're, they're talking to their kids to say, man, I had this Sunday school teacher one time, and his name was Momo, or her name was Haley, and man, or her name was, 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 was Blake or Brianna, and man, they poured into me, and they loved me, and man, like, that's, that's what I want out of life. Like, you can give me all the pools, all the 250 mile races, all the cars, all the money. That's great. But I want to live a life. Come on, somebody. I want to live a life that's going to matter a hundred years from now, 50 years from now, 10 minutes after. I, I want to live a life like Moses and Abraham and Noah, a life of impact, a life that was lived by faith. By faith. And I know this. I just want my life to matter. That's all I want. I just want my life to matter. And I know this, I know this, I know, I know this, I know you do too. I know you want your life, your life to matter. Come on, don't you? You just want to die and be forgotten about? No, you don't. You, you want your life to matter. Can I tell you this? God has called you to a life that matters. He just has. God has called you. God brought you all the way through your life to this moment and this time, right now in this church, on this, 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 this end of summer Sunday, to show you that He's called you to a life that matters. He's called you to a life to make a difference, to make an impact on the kingdom of God, to make an impact in your family, to make an impact on your school campus, to make an impact in your job. Come on, somebody. God has called you to live a life that matters. Listen, just like Abraham, just like Noah, just like Moses, you can leave a lasting impact on the people around you. Hey, you can actually do it. You can actually do it. You can. I believe that about you. You can actually leave an impact on the people around you in your life. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Abraham, Noah, and Moses. And we're going to look at, because there's interesting, there's some commonalities in their life that are going to help us live by faith and allow faith to change the way we live. Last week we talked about faith change the way we see, how faith changed the way that we live. Let me give you my first person we want to talk about. 
today. Let me give you Noah. He's right here. His name is Noah, and he's building an ark. He's the one with the plans. Obviously, Noah. Have you all ever heard the story of Noah? Raise your hand if you've ever heard the story of Noah. So everybody's heard the story of Noah. You remember Noah? God calls Noah. He speaks to Noah, and he says, Hey, brother, I'm about to hit control, alt, delete on this whole thing, and I need you to help me. I need you to build it. Y'all know what control, alt, delete is? All right. He's like, I'm about to hit control, alt, delete on humanity. I'm about to wipe them out and start over again. And Moses was like, got it. Or Noah was like, got it. How do you need help, Lord? And he's like, I need you to build a boat. And he's like, how big you need it? I need it real big. Got it. So Noah builds a, a boat. No water. No rain. Goes from being like a normal, likable guy to crazy Noah for decades building this giant boat for really it seems nothing. And what happens? The rains come, the water rises, and ultimately Noah restarts humanity through his obedience to God, living by faith. Pretty incredible story. We're still talking about it today. Hello, Noah. The next guy that we look at, pretty interesting, he's called by God. He says yes to the calling to build the ark. Right? Pretty uncomfortable what he does. People think he's crazy. His own family thinks he's crazy. Ultimately works out for him. Next guy. Next guy here. Give me the next guy. We're, we're going to learn about Father Abraham. I always feel like doing this when I hear that song. Did you ever heard that song, Father Abraham? Father Abraham and many sons. Remember that? I always feel like doing this. I do do that. Is that part of the thing? You're a kid's person. Yeah. This is Abraham. Abraham gets called by God. He says, hey, I need you to move from where you are. I need you to move away. Where are we going, Lord? I don't know. Just go. You mean like, you don't know? I mean, I don't, just go. Where are we going? I don't know. Go. So he goes. And he can't have kids, him and his wife. And God tells him, hey, man, I'm going to give you more kids than the stars in the sky. And, 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 and Abraham's like, for real? And he's like, for real? And he's like, you got this, just get. So he leaves. This is a pretty cool, this is how I think of the Bible. This is real people. I mean, whatever, you're bored. There are other places to be at 1130. All right. And so anyway, he leaves. And he has faith like we have faith, except he misplaces it off of his wife into his servant. And that's a whole nother story you should go read. He messes up along the way, but ultimately he becomes to be known as the father of faith. The father of many nations come out of Abraham. Pretty interesting, pretty cool. Says yes to the call. Moves out from where he's comfortable. Has all of these people come after him. The last one. What's the last one? Moses. Give me Moses. Y'all remember Moses. I told Matthew to look up. I said, look me up some cool old pictures of these people. And this is what he came up with. I wish he would have got the one of Charlton Heston, though. That would have been, that would have been cooler. Yeah. Moses! He gets a call from a bush. Remember this? If you think Noah was crazy, and you think Abraham was crazy, this brother was crazy. A bush catches on fire. You heard this story? Says, hey, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he's like, got it, bush. <laughs> Just so I know who I'm talking to here. Who tells, you know, he's like, I am, this is the Lord. You know, he's like, oh, got it. I mean, if I was talking to a bush, I'd be asking, like. So he says, yes, he goes back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go. You remember this story? He lets people go. He gets to the Red Sea. This is the moment. 
Egyptian army behind him, Red Sea in front of him, Richard out his staff, let my people go, or part, or whatever he said. The waters part, they walk across on dry land, they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years because it took him a few minutes to get them out of Egypt, but it took them 40 years to get Egypt out of them because God doesn't only need to change your location, He needs to change your mind and your heart, and that's a longer journey than just getting you from one place to the next. Amen. So what's interesting about these guys is there's some commonalities between them on how we could live a life of faith, how we can allow faith to transform the way that we live our life. All three of them had incredible lives, right? All three of them achieved some massive things for the kingdom of God. All three of these men left a legacy for us to follow. How'd they do it? Y'all ready? Here we go. Number one, the commonalities between them. Number one, they answered the call. They answered the call. They answered the call. <coughs> Seems simple, doesn't it? James, it's like simple, right? Answer the call. Yeah, answer the call. Yeah, yeah. Answer the call of a burning bush. Answer the call of building a giant ship. Answer the call to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Come on, the first central thing that, that all of these people have in common, because that's what I'm trying to get you to do is live by faith. I'm trying to get you to live by faith, not with it as a belief system. I refuse to pastor a church of people who just have faith as a belief system and are mean and that. I'll quit you guys and go start another one. Every single one of, of us is really no different than them. Can I tell you this today? The same God that called them is the same God that called you. Each and every one of you are called to make an impact on the kingdom of God. God's desire, like this is what I love about the Lord, His heart is to do some amazing things, not only in your life, but through your life. That's His heart. Like, for real. To take you on a journey like He did them, and to bless you like He did them. The same calling. Did you know that you're called? You're called. You're called. You are called by God to make an impact on the world around you. You're called. Did you, do, you, do you know you got the call? You got the calling. You got the calling. The moment you were born, the moment you accepted Christ as your Savior, now you got the calling. You got the calling. You're called. The same call that was on Noah, Moses, and Abraham, and me, same calling you have. It's great. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 15. It says that He did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide. I called you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I am the God of the entire universe. And I have called you. Think about all the places in the world you could have been born. Think about all the times in the world you could have been born. Think about all the families you could have been born. Think about all the places you could be this morning on Sunday morning. But here you are, and the God of eternity is saying, hey, you're called to make a lasting impact on the world around you. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've walked through, no matter what you're walking through, you have the same calling on your life. To preach the gospel, to make disciples that Abraham, Noah, and Moses did. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. Come on, say this. Say, I'm called by God. Come on. Do y'all believe that? You believe it? You believe you're called by God, Isaiah? You do? That's great. Proud of you. 
for coming to that realization. I just have some news for you. It's one thing to know you are called. It's an entirely different thing to answer it when it does call. Most of us are cool with knowing that. It makes me feel good about me. You mean to tell me God's, yeah, bro. God's called you to do some amazing things. But that makes me feel good. I'm going to not do any of them. But I feel better. Right? And then I leave and I go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And by the time I come back in here, I'm dragging. Come on, by the time I go to a small group, I'm dragging. Why? Well, I'm called. I just haven't ever really answered it. You see, that's the difference between us and them is they've... It's one thing to know you are called. It's, it's an entirely different subject to actually answer the call. Living by faith and answering the call of God in your lives is a choice you have to make because God will not make that choice for you. Abraham could have said, no, nah, I'm good. Noah could have said, no thanks. Moses could have said, you got the wrong guy, which he did have a few excuses. He, there was a lot there. <laughs> but, but he answered the call. Imperfect, ill-equipped, ill-advised. Ill, Ill the difference is, is they actually answered the call. Are you with me this morning? I get it. I get it, though. I get it. I get it. There's so many things calling you in life. Hey, isn't there? Y'all don't get calls from all kinds of things in life? Huh? Well, I get calls. I get calls from, here's some things that call us. The past, it calls us. Right? Y'all ain't ever had y'all's past call you? Huh? Y'all are good church people. Y'all don't have that happen. Sometimes the past calls me. Y'all ever had the past call you? Get in a conversation, past calls you, changes the conversation. Get in a relationship, past calls you, changes the relationship. Are y'all with me? What do they say if the past calls don't answer? Because it ain't got nothing new to say. <laughs> the past calls, you'll answer that mug when the past calls, won't you? We got a lot of things to call. Maybe we're answering the wrong call. Well, ah, here's another good thing that calls me. I don't know, maybe y'all are like me. But one of the big things that calls me is insecurity. That I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I don't, you know, like, I'm, I don't know. I seem pretty confident. And I am most days. But like, on the inside, <laughs> I'm really not thinking I have what it takes to do what, I, what God has called me to do. Insecurity calls. Do you answer that? What's another good one? Um, past insecurity. Oh, selfishness will call. Hey, this is where you get offended. I see you. Because I'm selfish too. I ain't trying to do nothing I don't want to do. You know what I mean? I mean, like I like to do the things I like to do. I, you know where we eat? Where I want to eat. You know what temperature the house is set on? The temperature I want to set on. Well, I went another day. Will I had that thing on 78. I was like, I will kill you if you ever touch me. I will, I will kill you. I got four kids. I can miss one of them. You ever touch my thermostat in this house? It gets 78. Are you even saved? Get out of the, the devil. Get out. You know, like I was trying to exercise the demons. I was, babe. 78 is demonic. 
It is, brother. Hey, tell me. She said my toes were about to fall off. I was like, go outside for three minutes. You'll sweat and then come back in. 30 seconds. Selfishness. Come on. Do y'all answer when it calls? It's good. Because that's what separates you from being used by God in an incredible way in your life. Come on, this is just real. Missed opportunities. Selfishness calls. Past, insecurity, selfishness, me-centered culture. Saying yes, like I'll never forget, like Brian and I, where we were, we were sitting in our bedroom when we said yes to starting new life. And uh, um, we had the name and it was everything. It was pretty awesome, huh? And uh, we had a scripture. We had a name of scripture. That's what we had. And it was, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's not easy to start a church. Um, it's not financially uh, lucrative. Um, it's not. Uh, yeah. And so like we moved from owning a house to renting a house. We moved towns. We did all these things. We, we, we did it. We sacrificed a lot. I don't know. Y'all aren't easy to deal with. Some of y'all are, you know, people leave sometimes and they talk bad about it. That's how it works, right? That's ministry. Ministry's not easy. My one day a week I do work, it's a long day. You know, painting rooms, all the stuff. It's not, I'm not trying to tell you this, like you, things you don't know. If you're around our church at all, you know I'm, like, I'm busy doing stuff. But when I think about that, I think about the 181 people who've gotten saved and I think they're worth the sacrifice. Like for real, this is, I'm not trying to shine you on. Like This is what I really think. I think about the kids that are going to grow up and know God because of you guys leading them in kids' ministry. I literally think they're worth it when it comes to me picking up the phone to the calling rather than the selfishness, rather than the insecurity, rather than the past. And that's what compelled Moses, Abraham, and Noah to do, to live by faith. When I get to see people move from death to life, it's worth it. When I get to see people raise their hands in worship, it's worth it. When I get to see kids grow up in the house of God, it's worth it. Amen, everybody. The blessing of the yes to the calling will far outweigh the benefits of the no. Let me say that again. The blessing of the yes far outweighs the instant benefit of the no. It may preserve your feelings for a little while. It may delay the calling for a little while. But it's going to greatly diminish the impact that God has called you to make on your life when you don't say yes to the calling. Moses, Noah, and Abraham all said yes to the calling. How do you live a life by faith? How does faith change the way you live? you got to say yes to the calling. Amen, everybody? Here's number two. We only have three more and then we're out of here. Just kidding. Number two. Number two. What did they do? Oh, this is a good one. Are y'all having fun? This literally is my favorite service. Why are you smiling at me? It's good, isn't it? You're welcome. Um, Is they left the place of comfort. (laughs) They left the place of comfort. So, faith changes the way I live, and I live by faith, so I move from comfort into uncomfortableness, and at the same time, I'm moving from growth or from stagnant into growth. Hello? Each one of these men 
had to make the choice. Listen to me, because I'm talking about if you want if you want to grow your faith, if you want to get to where God's called you to be, if we're going to do that as a church together, our faith has to increase. How do we get our faith? You understand how we're here, right? We're here. Each one of these men had to make the choice to leave the comfortability of the life that they knew and take the life of adventure called the life of faith. Abraham left his land and his people and everything he knew for the life of faith. Where are we going, God? I don't know. I'll show you when we get there. Okay. How do you know? That's, unco- that's comfortable into uncomfortableness. Noah had to leave the comfortability of what people thought about him to be thought of as a fool to be used by God. Moses had to leave a life in the palace to be used by God. I don't know about you. To wander around the desert with over two million idiots is not easy. This isn't just for these men, though. This is the central theme inside of the Bible. Every person that was used by God in history and in the Bible all left places of comfort in order to be used by God. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Left the place of comfort. This isn't just for these men. In order to grow, in order for God to grow you, Jamie, into where God has called you to be, you have to leave the place of comfort and get into a place of uncomfort. You have to. You have to. But by nature, we seek comfort, right? That's just our nature. It's all good. I get it. It's our tendency, right? If it's hot, what do we do? Turn the air down. I'm a prime example. There's two air conditioners in this room right now. And I feel a little hot. It's a little hot for my liking. Right? Well, if it's cold, what do we do? Turn the heat on. Right? We're people, we're creatures of comfort. If we're hungry, we eat. If we're not hungry, we eat. If we're happy, we eat. If we're sad, we eat. Right? This is, this is all good, right? We're, we're people, like, we just, we crave comfort. It's normal. That's normal. If we don't want to deal with things in our past, we just don't. We just drink about it. Shop about it. Work about it. Hide out about it. Isolate about it. Come on. We just, that's how we are. We don't want to be uncomfortable to grow. I don't want to tell you about the crap I got going on in my life. So I just won't talk about it. We just won't talk about it. What's going on? Nothing. It's great. Life's great. If we don't want to be challenged by the relationships in our life, challenged by the way we believe, what do we do? We just move away. Because we like comfort. In order for you to be used by God and allow faith to be a a, a lifestyle and not a belief system, you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to get uncomfortable. You just have to. It's exactly what every single person in the hall of faith did. They left the place of comfort. What does comfort look like? Comfort in your spiritual life. This is what it looks like. I just thought I'd give you some benefits of comfort because we all like comfort. Comfort in your spiritual life. It looks like becoming a consumer rather than a contributor. I like this. I like this. Now I'm consuming. I'm consuming. I don't give. I don't serve. I don't sing. I don't know nothing. I'm just here. I'm just here. Hey, I'm just here for what you got. That's great. Love you. Great. Come on, man. I love you. I'm in on. I love you. I love you. But the difference between you and Moses and Noah and Abraham and Matthew and Maddie and Momo and like all the people that, that God uses is they just said yes to the call and they were willing to be uncomfortable in order to have impact. 
Hello? Want to be comfortable in your relationships? Good. Do that. Do that. Here's what that looks like, being, being comfortable in your relationships. It's just settling for people who won't hold you accountable. That's good, comfortable relationships. They won't call me out on none of my crap. I can just act like an idiot. I can just pour all my crap on them, and they'll shake it. They don't ever tell me anything. You shouldn't be with him anyway. I told you you should have divorced him a long time ago. Well, how many times have you been married? Eight. <laughs> That's comfortable relationships. Just be around people who will tell you exactly what you're thinking is right. What is comfortable in our finances, right? We just we don't step out and give or bless people or do things, right? We just I gotta be comfortable. I gotta why? You know, I gotta look out for me. That, that's our culture today. What these men show us is that there is another side to comfortable. There's something other than comfortable. Can I can I submit to you today? There's something greater than comfort. There's something greater than comfort. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you by the mercies of God to present your body as a living sacrifice. What, why? Because this is your worship. Has God done something incredible in your life? Great. Living sacrifice. Has God saved you? Swooped low out of heaven to pick you up? Put your marriage back together? Healed your family? Brought you to here? Done all this? Great. Spiritual act of worship. <laughs> Living sacrifice. That, that, that's, the, that's the thing. On the other side of comfort is the nations that God wants to bring out of your life. On the other side of comfort is the people that God has placed you in their life to preach the gospel to them so they can spend eternity in heaven. On the other side of comfort is the people who need freedom, but they need you to bring them into the freedom that God has for them. The same freedom that you got brought into in your life. On the other side of yes, I'm trying to help you see there's another side to comfort that's so much greater than comfort. It's a life of impact. It's a life of impact. So, in order for you to go where God's calling you to go, in order for us to go where God's calling us to go, we have to have greater faith. How do we have greater faith? What does faith do? Faith changes the way we see. Talked about that last week. Uh, faith changes the way I see myself. Faith changes the way I see my problems. Change, faith changes the way I see my people. This week, how do we have greater faith? How does faith change the way we live? Okay, we've got to have greater faith. Okay, great. Faith changes the way I live. Okay, I've got to understand that I'm called. Okay, I'm called. Say this. Say, I'm called. I say yes to that calling. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, the second thing I got to know is that I'm going to be uncomfortable. Okay, right. Pastor Mark told me it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable for me to preach the gospel to that person for the first time. It's going to be uncomfortable for me to be in that small group. Yeah, I'm going to have to change some things. I'm going to have to break out of some selfishness. I'm going to have to not put me first. Okay, 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 I got it. It's, it's, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. This is expected. Are you all with me? This is kind of the journey you're on. And Here's the last thing that these men had in common. They not only said yes to the calling. They not only were willing to be uncomfortable but they lived for something that was beyond themselves. They lived, they made their life about more than just them. They made their life about more than just them. The last thing that I realized as I looked at the life of Abraham, Moses, and Noah and the impact that they made for God 
is that they live for someone beyond themselves. Man, I think about the nations that came out of Abraham. Like the nations that came out of him. You know what I mean? Like that's insane. I think about all of the people who were saved in the ark, right? And like the animals that we see today. Like that's amazing. I think about all of the, the descendants that are like walking the earth today of, that are a direct recipient of Moses and what he did leading the, the Israelites out of Egypt. I think about it, that's crazy, right? And then I think about us. Right? I think about us and the opportunity we have to like, like no, no joke, like really make an impact on like our little spot in the globe here. You know what I mean? We have to say yes. We have to be uncomfortable. We also have to live for more than just ourselves. I think about the opportunity we have. Here's what I want you to know. When I live for more than just myself, it not only changes the people that I, I live for, because you live for those kids in kids' ministry. You, you live for the kids in kids' ministry, and, and you live to lead worship to people and, and all the things. It not only changes them, this is what you got, this is what you gotta miss. I mean, you can't miss. This is what you can't miss. I'm almost done, guys. I'm so sorry. This is what you can't miss. Listen to me. Listen to me. You can't miss this part. Because you think I'm just trying to get you to do things because we need you to do them. And that's what I'm trying to do. I, I'm not. But when you serve. When you give of your time, your talent, your treasure, when you, when you live a life by faith and not with it, it actually changes your life just as much as it changes the people you lead. That's what, that, that, Listen, listen. I know I get it. Like I get it. You're busy. I get it. And I know you've got a million and one things to do. So do I. But, but I can't afford not to, to do this because of what I get out of it. But when you pour out to other people, it actually changes you. When I pour out into Matthew, I've been pastor Matthew for how long? Seven years? Eight years. And um, here's why you need to do this. Why you need to, to live a life like Moses, Abraham, and Noah. Live a life beyond yourself. Is because, um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look. Um, because as I live for something beyond me, it pushes me to grow. It, it keeps me from being stagnant. Because like... <laughs> Matthew is like learning things and he's like growing and doing things for God. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to get a little... Because if I'm leading Matthew and I'm a disciple of Matthew, like it pushes me to grow because he's pushing me to grow. So I know it's uncomfortable to lead Matthew sometimes. You could imagine. <laughs> right? Brother buys a $26 nine volt battery. But, but it pushes me to grow. You got it? Here's what, else, here's what else living for, for not only you does. When I live my life for people other than myself, um, it actually helps me realize I'm not the only one with problems. You know the most people I see that are the most unhealthy, that have the most problems, are people who don't do anything. For anybody other than themselves. Here's the last thing it does is when I live my life just like Moses, Abraham, and Noah for, for other people, and it's like, it's, like, it's like, come on. It's not that big a deal. I actually get to partner with Jesus. 
That's pretty cool. Right? I mean, no better partner in the world. Look, look at this real quick. We're done. We're done. Mark chapter 10, James and John, they're talking. James and John, they're talking. They're like, hey, Jesus, when you get the new thing going, when you get the new thing going, like, hey, hey, can we like, we like get on your level? Can we like hang out? Like, we'll be like there with you, right? Like when you like overthrow the government and like the Roman government, like when you do your thing, like we get to be up here, right? Like with you, right? This is the conversation they're having. I love this because this gives us the heart in which why we, this is the heartbeat of New Life Church right here. It says that when they, the ten heard it, they begin to be indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them and He said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And the great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among us. This is not the way we're going to do this deal. This is, it's almost like we've been the opposite for a hundred years in church. We're not going to do this for us. He says, this shall not be so among you. But what, whoever would be great among you, not should be, not could be, not I encourage you to, he says you must. Be your servant. And whosoever would be first among you shall be slave of all. He's like, hey boys, while y'all think this is a thing, this is a thing, and this is a thing, and that's a thing. He says, no, 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 no. He said, I ain't even about that life. And I, when I speak, dead people come alive. When I speak, blind eyes open. When I speak, when I speak, the lame walk. When I speak, storms calm. When I speak, the sun stops. When I, when I, when I do what I do, I, I do it well. He says, but I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I don't know about you, but this life is but a vapor. And I don't know about you, and I want you to have all the cool things you want to do in your life. I want you to run all the 250-mile races. I want you to have all the pools. I want you to do all the things. But the thing I want for you most is I want you to be listed in the Hall of Faith. I want you to say yes to the call. I want you to, to live for something beyond yourself. I don't have time. I just don't have time. Whatever. Whatever. Neither did any of these people. But what do you want? You want this? You want that? Come on, are you with me? You want this? You want that? It's all the same. Jesus came to serve. It just is what it is. Amen, everybody? Amen. I love you all so much. Let's pray.